Hey, hey, Travis, it's Joel. Uh, Joel's not here, man. No, man, I'm Joel. Man, Open up. Joel's not here. Dude, dude, it's time for the show, man. What? D dude's not here. Oh, man, we got a show to do, man. I mean, what are you doing in there? <clears throat> no, nothing. Oh, man, sounds like you're getting in the mood for this show. What? What show? Oh, never mind. While Travis is busy getting blasted, the truth is that cannabis is bigger business than ever before, and it's not just about getting stoned. Today, we go down the cannabis rabbit hole as we welcome multiple guests familiar with the industry to the show. It's our chill out, smoke if you got them, and listen in aptly numbered episode number 420 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five. Cannabis, marijuana, weed, pot, bud, dank, ganja, herb, Mary Jane, reefer, dope, chronic, grass, Michoacan, man, Michoacan, homegrown. Lots of different words for the leafy green marijuana. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, where it's going to be especially bad today, maybe even a little naughty, because Travis is probably going to light up again. <laughs> oh, man, we got a great show. I mean, this is episode 420, and I, I remember like around episode 400, Travis said, Oh, when we do 420, we finally got to cover the cannabis industry. I go, yeah, dude, we got to do marijuana industry on 420. And, um, you know, and we got to get Ken Bosack on the show. And then Ken Bosack says, yeah, man, I'll get on the show. And then when it was time to record, he said he, he got high and took a nap and forgot. He's not <laughs> in the show. <laughs> no, but we do have Josh in the city from Potcoin. We've got Josh Lawler from Zuber Lawler Law Firm. They represent a lot of um, businesses in the cannabis space. And we have Jonathan Keim from uh, the Cannabis Newswire with us. It's actually going to be a super interesting and fun show. Wait, so we got Josh and Josh and Jonathan. Yeah, and Joel. And Joel. Nice. Lots of J's. Yeah. Maybe Probably for the show. A Jay instead of a bong. <laughs> hey, before we jump into all the content, have you claimed your $50 in free Bitcoin yet? We're literally throwing it at you. If you could throw a Bitcoin, I mean, it's on the blockchain, so you won't get hurt if you get hit with $50 in Bitcoin, but we want to give it to you. All you got to do is go to uh, download the eToro app. If you are a U.S. citizen by going to badco.in forward slash eToro, all the rules are there. You know, something like 12 million registered users are using the eToro app for their trading, buying, selling, copy trading features, $0 commission. And we can't throw $50 in Bitcoin at you if you don't let us. So go to badco.in forward slash eToro and say, I'm ready. Throw the Bitcoin at me, boys. But don't let it hit you. Catch it and put it in your wallet and keep your Catch keys. It. 
we'll actually throw it right into your wallet. It's it's super easy. Okay, big show ahead. Let's get started. Well, as we talk about the ganjas, we have to look at some of the projects that are out there in the space seeking to make the transaction of said herb easier for those who uh, would seek to consume. And we have with us the lead for the community of PotCoin. He's been with PotCoin since the beginning. It's PotCoin.com. And his name is Josh in the city. Is that is that your real name? Josh in the city? <laughs> no, actually it isn't, but it's the handle that I've been using forever. So uh, everybody just kind of knows me uh, from the handle, you know, from the early crypto days. And so uh, it just kind of made sense to keep that, to keep that going. Josh in the city. Well, that does happen. <laughs> you, know, you have the entomology of names, like, you know, your ancestors might've lived in the city. And so like, yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would take that. I'm, I'm definitely an urbanite. So, uh, the that, Goldsmith, that you know, all the, all the other folks out there with a the little, no, those, nobody those else names. caught the play on words there. He's an herb, a night. Okay. Very well, nice. Yeah. You see, so you've been around crypto for a long time. Maybe kind of tell us about your journey down the rabbit hole, uh, and how you got into crypto. Oh, wow. Um, Yes, yeah, sure, certainly. Um, first off, I just want to say congratulations on your 420th episode. I'm super stoked to be here with you guys celebrating that. And uh, yeah, I'll give you some history on me. Um, well, I, you know, I, I grew up uh, into music um, from a very, very early age. Uh, I started touring full time when I was 18 um, in in a punk rock band and um, did did tons of shows. We were doing I don't know maybe 300 shows a year. Pretty much living out of a van, um, touring all the time. And um, when when I started getting a little older, it was like I didn't. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to settle down a little bit more. I'm older. I would say it was it was in my early 20s. And um, you know I I decided that it was it was time to to, to try something new. Um, I ended up going back to school and starting a recording studio um, with some friends. And um, sure enough, push came to shove, uh, you know, a, a client came into to our studio one day. I was like, you guys accept Bitcoin? And we we're like, what's that? You know, and um, um, he, you know, he wasn't uh, he wasn't the most uh, trustworthy individual in the world. So so we were just kind of hesitant, like, no, we're not going to take Bitcoin. Of course, it was probably one of our biggest mistakes. <laughs> but we, we didn't we didn't even know what it was, you know, first time we heard of it. And um and probably because of who was introducing it to us, we were just kind of a little more hesitant on it. And, um, you know, we did a little research, started, started learning about, um, you know, crypto, well, Bitcoin back then, and um, uh, just fell in love with the idea. You know, coming from uh, a, a punk rock background, um, the idea of changing the world was just something that, that sort of resonated with me uh, as, as a young kid. And, you know, um, I, I come from a family where, you know, my father was an activist. Um, back during the Vietnam era and stuff. And so, so these sort of things where, you know, we have the ability and, and the strength to, to do something that's greater than any individual as, as a, as, as a, you know, as a person to do something better, that's to better and to change the world that, you know, it's just, it just it's overload my brain. It was just like so many things come to mind um, where I just, when I found out a bit about Bitcoin, it was like a complete overload. I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. You know, like there's so much stuff that you can do with this, so much good that can come out of this. Um, that's, that's really how I got into it. Um, 
I'd say, you know, my partner in the studio ended up jumping in a little bit earlier than I did. And I kind of sat back and just kind of watched what was going on with the markets and stuff at that point. And it was uh, very interesting. Um, and so so once I got my feet wet, you know, I was hooked. Um, I, I believe in, in the digital revolution. I believe in what, you know, cryptocurrency is doing and, and, and blockchain. Um, you know, there's so many things that that can happen and so much changes that can occur and and i'm really just happy to be here for this journey i mean it's been it's it's been a long road um lots of ups and downs as you guys know and uh yeah here we are in 2020 i mean who would have thought man? very punk rock <laughs> indeed changing the world so what what year was that approximately when you got involved 2013 2013 nice that was really yep. early uh comparatively speaking right i mean that's a, that's a good time to get in and uh, and get rolling. So so tell us about about Potcoin, right? So was was this founded sometime around then? Uh, yeah, actually the the idea was come up with uh, by a couple of buddies of mine. Um, and uh, I mean we were right there in the beginning for 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 cannabis. You know, uh, legalization in in Colorado was in January first, twenty fourteen. Mm -hmm. um, we had actually had they they had had actually had the idea in late twenty thirteen. Our Genesis block is January first, twenty fourteen. Just oh, nice. two weeks, yeah, just two weeks after legalization, um, and we 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 did a test run of about fifty five blocks, if I remember correctly, and, uh, and then we released it to the world on January twenty first. Completely, you know, um, no pre mine, no um, no ninja mining, nothing like mm. that. It was just completely open source. Like, hey, this is a great idea. You know, let's let's do this for fun. Let's let's see let's see where this goes and. Uh, it's been a wild adventure since. So then. it's a mineable, it's a mineable coin then. Uh, it was originally we were originally a fork of Litecoin. Okay. Um, but we we switched over in 2015. We switched over to proof of stake. It's currently a proof of stake coin. Nice. So you guys got in there pretty early to be able to get pot coin, but I, I always think it should always been pot token because that's what you do is you to take a token of the pot. <laughs> I don't know why it's not pot token. <laughs> why does the coin exist? How, you know, why is it there in the first place? Why do we need a pot coin? Very, very simple. Um, I will tell you that the reason why you need pot coin today is probably very different from the reason um, that it was created um, back in 2013 when, when everybody was sitting around the table talking about it. Um, back then, it was pretty simple. I mean, you know, uh, cannabis was was legal, you know, in, in Colorado, it was it's not legal federally, it still is not legal federally. Um, so all these cannabis businesses, you know, they, they, were, they were stuck with all this cash, and they couldn't actually deposit it in their bank accounts. Um, so we thought that, you know, an idea of, of something like Bitcoin for the cannabis industry was just like, this makes sense. This has got a real use case like this. This is something that that, that can benefit people's lives and it's a real solution. It's, it wasn't just there for, okay, let's create a coin and we like to smoke weed. You know, it's like, it's like, wow, this could actually make a difference in people's life. Here's, here's a solution that'll help the real world, you know? And, and that's, that's, that's exactly it. That's, that's, that's what the, 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 the starting point was. Um, over the early years, you know, you, you have a lot of, a lot of these things where they are, they were private, um, Companies that would come and, and collect the money from the dispensaries and they would store it. Um, companies like, you know, here in Canada's Garda, um, you know, you, you get a private uh, company that's going to come into the dispensaries and who are making buckets of cash and just 
take their take their cash from them, you know, store it in store it in a, a vault and uh, and charge them, you know, an exorbitant fee just just for holding their cash, which makes absolutely no sense, especially not when when something like crypto can be used. Um, you know, unfortunately, I'll, I'll I'll tell you right now, you know, people were not ready for it back then. Um, the dispensaries loved it. Uh, they were like, this is great. You know, I don't have to worry about my guys getting robbed, you know, so so I understand it may may take, you know, a little while for people to get into this. Um, but they were they were all in it with us. They were very, very gung ho at the beginning. Um, we had a couple companies approach us. We had ATM machines just for Podcoin um, in 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 uh, in dispensaries in end of 2014, 2015 and uh, two different companies, you know, and we, we, were, we were pushing it hardcore. Um, the, the real fact of the matter is, is that uh, the, the consumers, they didn't, they didn't care. They didn't, they didn't want to hear about it. Like, what, 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 I got an ATM, what, put my cash, why can't I just give you cash at the, at right. the table? You know, we actually had one dispensary that was, um, was accepting cash and then they had a certain percentage of every transaction that they, um, that they took in cash. <laughs> the guys were running, running out to the ATM and buying popcorn with it. And, uh, and, and anyway, <laughs> The end of the day, I got a call from from those guys last year, and it was <laughs> they're pretty happy these days. <laughs> nice, but, uh, yeah, yeah. They they held on for a very long time, and they're still um they're, they still got a ton of coins, so they're 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 happy with it. But um, obviously the the point was there is that that we were we were there to to solve a real world issue, and that's why this coin was created. And uh, yeah, we've seen a lot of changes in the cannabis industry since then. Yeah, it's popping up all over. Like, in fact, my state, I live in Missouri, and Missouri is about to, well, it's quote-unquote legal starting at the start of the year, but um, what Missouri said was, no, we, we can't sell any out-of-state cannabis. It has to all be grown in the state of cannabis, and you can't start growing until January 1st. So they're thinking that, you know, sometime in, in mid-July, end of July at some time, they will... Uh, hopefully be able to open up some of that stuff there. So that, that would be interesting to see. I actually got my cannabis license. I have a, I'm a medical card holder here in the state of uh, Missouri now, but uh, can't, I got to go to I want to go get any. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's tough. It's, it's slow going. And that's the thing is, is uh, um, what they're doing is, is, you know, it's a massive, ma I mean, obviously, as you know, it's a massive, massive industry and, and the, the changes just take years. I mean, to be very clear with you, I mean, I mean, in 2013, we were sitting around talking about this. We did not expect, um, we, we did not expect that it would take this long for legalization to come across the board. Um, it's 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 painful. I mean, like you said, you know, you've you've got your card, but you know, <laughs> you know, if you following the rules, there, it's going to be a little while before before you can really do anything with it. So it's 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 anyway. The the point is, they're making the changes, so that's that that's a good start, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I did some research on this for the show, and the illegal, you know, cannabis market globally is estimated to be about $142 billion a year, and one single plant can garner as much as $2,200 on the black market. One one plant, that one marijuana plant is worth like 25% more than gold. Yep, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And that, and that's just if you're talking about, you know, with THC, I mean, there's so many benefits. I mean, cannabis as, as a whole, I mean, uh, you know, all the hemp and all the other stuff, CBD. I mean, I mean, it's just it's just the list is never ending. I mean, it's going to change a lot of things for us. Right and, on. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked about it. Super congratulations on, on, on you getting your license. Uh, welcome to the family, man. Um, it's, 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 it's an adventure, bro. It's a real yeah. adventure. I think um, Joel and I need to move places. They need to move to Cal- Kansas City, and then I move to Denver, and then I won't have to go so far. To go. I like it here, though. I don't want to leave Denver. You can, you can stay. That's, that's, that's okay. Totally but you're welcome <laughs> to move here. I mean, we have some space, and uh, it's funny. I, I live in a high-rise here just a couple miles south of downtown, so I'm from my building. Um, you know, within just a, you know, a couple miles, as far as the eye can see, there's probably a dozen dispensaries, maybe more. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, Colorado is just uh, cutting edge for that. I mean, they just, they, they just got it and said, nope, we're going to do this. And I love, I love that because, you know, when you're talking about something that's, that's changing your, your, your local economy for the better and stuff. I mean, I mean, it's fantastic to be, to be uh, ahead of the curve like that, you know? Well, yeah, especially the, the housing prices skyrocketed and all kinds of stuff happened yep. whenever Denver became Amsterdam. That's right. <laughs> well, I yeah. did say I am in a high rise, right? You know? <laughs> and of course, people here in Denver wear the shirts that, you know, because we're 5280, you know, a mile high. The shirts say we're all high here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many puns. That was good. Actually, I went to Denver um for the very first legal world cannabis cup that was held in denver in 2014 and uh that was pretty awesome to go to it was just it's just interesting it's kind of surreal when you're walking around and like people were literally just you know you know you, you normally you walk by a booth and you know you, you they have some swag well like some of these were just handing out joints i was like this is the best swag ever and it's not <laughs> even swag it's really good stuff so that's, this is that's, this is that's this right is, man <laughs> actually what's, what's really funny is that, is that i wasn't i wasn't there but four of my guys were actually actually at that cannabis cup so, so it's really funny you probably passed by each other um who knows? who knows yeah and i you know i remember i remember the early days in colorado you know you'd see people in the street corner they're like you know they sell you t-shirts so they can give you a joint you know <laughs> and uh just trying trying to trying to find ways around the system you know? yeah the world is definitely changing what are some of the other areas of uh, cannabis and blockchain that that are interesting to you? Are there some other companies that you've seen that, you know, because you've been in this thing, this this game now for six years, what are some of the other blockchain technologies and cannabis sort of projects that you see that are interesting to you? Um, you know, yeah, man, I've seen so much stuff come and go and so many people, um, you know, in, in, in the blockchain industry, you know, I've seen so many people say they're working on projects and start projects and stuff. And I, I can only say that there's probably only a few that, um, that really just, just blew me out of the water. Um, I got approached about three weeks ago about, a, um, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but I guess I can be vague enough to say it. Um, you know, as you know, um, big pharma is coming hardcore to cannabis. Everybody knows it, you know, um, mm-hmm. And are we going to see Philip Morris, you know, cannabis cigarettes, basically? Uh, I'm, I'm sure of it. I mean, listen, where there's money to be made, you know, the giants will come. Right. Yeah. <laughs> are people yeah, really well, going to want to trust that, though? Like, I don't want I don't want pharmaceutical Monsanto weed that's been sprayed with chemicals and stuff. I mean, you know, you know that's what it's going to be. They will, yeah. though, Travis. And I'll tell you why they will, because it'll be made cheaper. And right. you'll buy it over the counter at the store. Hey, give me a you know a pack of those, whatever they are there behind the counter. It's convenient, and um, and they'll have marketing dollars behind it. Oh yeah, 
I think I think it's 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 a hard fight, and that's why the the project I'm going to tell you about was so interesting to me. Um, you know, to give you another part of background, I'm not sure if you guys know, but a lot of farmers um, are getting real squeezed by um, by the legalization and having to pay all sorts of uh, you know fees for licensing and all kinds of stuff, and and it's they're really they've already started. I mean, over the last few years, they've already started you know, cracking down on some of these local farmers and just trying to drive them out of business by, by just, just making things very challenging for them. Um, and that's sad to us because, you know, some of these families, especially when you look at Northern California and Oregon and, you know, there's just a couple other states where there's, there's families that have been there, like literally growing weeds since like the 60s. And it's like, okay, well, whatever they were doing before, like this is their family livelihood and, and they're, 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 they're more of a, uh, a hippie attitude rather than a gangster attitude. And this is just something that's being passed down through the generations. And, and now we're, we're forcing them out of business by, by charging them, you know, crazy amounts of licensing fees and just making their lives hard. Um, so this guy approached me uh, recently and he's got just a fantastic background um, in, in, in the blockchain space. And, um, you know, he's, he's contacted a bunch of these farmers and, and sort of gotten them together and said, you know, um, we need to work on something together that's going to that's gonna help us control all the data and everything that's coming out of, out of this space um, and, and, and have sort of uh, a, a communal way of working together where we can, we can um, make sure that we still, you know, all, all the small, small guys can, can stick together and really work and, and, and act as one. Um, and, and help each other out and stuff. And it, it's, it's without going, it, I guess it's kind of challenging because I'm, I'm trying not to go into too much detail, but um, I already started building out um, the platform that he's working on completely open source. Um, it's just the type of thing where he's just like, we're going to give this to the community and we're going to make sure that all the people who have been here with their boots muddy on the ground are the people that are going to stick around and help each other out and act as one and, and come together. And he reached out to us um, because he had heard uh, an interview that I had done. Um, actually, his buddy reached out to us because he had heard, heard an interview that I had done. And we started talking about how, um, how, how we're interested in the ecosystem and supporting all, all of the small farmers and stuff. And, and there, so there's a real synergy there. Um, I'm very excited to be to be talking to those guys um, about what the future holds, and uh, I wish I could tell you guys a little bit more, but I, <laughs> hey, I may get scolded. Make an introduction there. I got a great name for it. It could be called Weed the People. Yeah, Weed the People. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, and and it's great, man. That's 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 what I want to see because because to be very frank with you, man, we've we've seen so many, you know, um, seed to sale companies. We've seen, you know, it's it's so many people working on so many different things, you know, closed loop payment systems and this and that. And, and, and we just decided that we are, we're here because we're going to be building out an ecosystem that supports the farmers and, and, and not, not because we're interested in, uh, in, 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 in sort of, um, you know, turning around saying, ah, you know, we've got a seed to sale company. We're the best in the world. And that's, and that's not what we're interested in. Um, we're really interested in creating out an ecosystem that supports the, the locals, supports the farmers, supports the mom and pops, supports the guys with small licenses. Um, you know, there's, there's a real need for this right now. There's, there's, there's a good struggle and a good fight there. And we think the PawCoin is, is, is the absolute perfect tool for it. It supports the Ken Bosacks of the world. 
Yeah, Ken. Ken is Ken is the man, dude. Ken is yeah. the man. He's he's my hero. He is the Dennis Rodman of crypto. I he's mean, a great like, guy. He's just one of a kind. He's just not afraid to be himself and to say say what he thinks and what he feels. And that's that to me is like the punkish rock thing you can do, bro. <laughs> that's that's it, Ben. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you coming on and sharing a Josh in the city. I think you should just like take the spaces out of in the city. And that should just, you know, change your legal last name to in the, in the, in the city. In the city. Like, yeah. In, fantastic. In city. There you go. <laughs> in city. Uh, Potcoin.com. Check it out there. And um, I wanted to say stay bad. I want to say stay high. I want whatever it is you do. Smoke up. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, brother. We'll keep on keeping on, you know. Thank you so much to Josh in the city from Potcorn. Fascinating stuff over there. They've been in this for a long, long time. Uh, I wonder, is he ever in the suburbs? <laughs> Hard to say. Maybe Does sometimes. He, I mean, is he ever out is, in the country? Yeah. Is he Josh in the country? Yeah. Like when he's going to the farms where they, you know, they maybe create. Josh on the farm. Yeah. Josh in the burbs. That's, that's Maybe it's a different Josh. And maybe we're just totally joshing y'all. Uh, but who's not joshing you is Moby Pay. MobyPay has this universal payment ecosystem that lets you secure fiat and digital currency payments worldwide from your mobile phone in seconds. You should check it out. They will give you $10 of MBX tokens. You can go to MobyPay, M-O-B-I-E-P-A-Y.io. Go there now and get your crypto. And while Travis is lighting up for another hit, uh, we're going to go do this interview. <laughs> Easy there. <laughs> Easy, bro. <laughs> to our interview with Josh Lawler of Zuber Lawler. And as part of this 420 episode number 420, we thought it would be interesting to take a look uh, from the legal perspective with someone that is in the cannabis space. His name is Josh Lawler. He's a partner at Zuber Lawler, does a lot of blockchain stuff, works with AI, robotics, virtual and augmented reality, the Internet of Things. He's got experience as a securities attorney, but he also is part of one of the most preeminent law firms in the cannabis space. And these guys completed about a half a billion dollars in cannabis oriented transactions in 2019. So going to be eager to hear what he's got to say. Josh, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thank you very much, Joel. Pleasure to be here again. So this is um, this space is not something that I necessarily found in your bio. <laughs> why, why is that? <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 I hate to say it's marketing, but it's it's marketing. Uh, we just made a determination that in terms of pitching expertise, I really pitch distributed ledger technology and it's where uh, a passion of mine is um, but i uh, can just as easily uh, pitch uh, cannabis expertise and uh, our firm is uh, again very uh, very much involved globally you said what you said 500 million yeah about 500? that's a lot yeah. yeah we were a significant piece of the transactions globally uh, actually we're pretty pretty happy about that uh, we've got the advantage of being in California uh, as one of our locations. California, of course, being such a large economy and such a large cannabis economy. Uh, and, um, you know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of things, a lot of mergers and acquisitions, a lot of finance, a lot of people growing, a lot of plants. <laughs> a lot growing of plants. and blowing. Yeah, we were, we were talking about that. Like one of those plants in the black market can reach $2,200 just by itself. And that's like, 
you know, more than an ounce of gold. Like, so those plants out there are literally growing gold. Green gold. Absolutely. Is it, wasn't there Acapulco gold? Wasn't that one of the... There's a lot of gold. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember Cheech and Chong, an album from 1974, The Big Bamboo, and they had this little commercial on it, and it was like, no stems, no seeds that you don't need. Acapulco gold is the baddest weed. <laughs> wow. All I remember is I was born in East L.A. <laughs> Very good. So what are some of the things that you're seeing? Because, you know, we, 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 uh, we've talked preliminarily about, you know, some of the, 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 the connections between blockchain and cannabis and maybe specifically with the supply chain, because mm -hmm. it's really great to know where your stuff is from. And a lot of times, I mean, even on the black market, you have no idea. You just know that it's weed and you're like, what kind is it? And it's like, it's weed. And we're like, well, is it indica? Is it sativa? Where'd it come from? And like, dude, it's weed. It'll be $60. And like, you just don't know. And so now we're getting into this whole place where we know all kinds of data and analytics about it. We know like, oh, it has this percentage of this, this percentage of CBD, this percentage of THC, this and that. And this, it was made here and made that. So tell us, how is blockchain and, and cannabis sort of working together if, in the supply chain stuff? Right. Um, well, like everything else, blockchain is edging into things, mm -hmm. um, but the synergies are just humongous. Uh, so, you know, from a supply chain perspective, most states have seed to sale regulations. It's got to be tracked from where it's grown all the way through where it's processed, where it's tested, where it's sold, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and that's a, a typical use case uh, for blockchain. And in fact, you know, as early as three years ago, IBM was pitching British Columbia and putting their blockchain system in to do this. You've got, uh, I think it was Walmart that was using blockchain to track lettuce uh, so that they could uh, handle listeria outbreaks and it was amazingly successful. Uh, but not the devil's lettuce. That's different. Yes. That's uh, another euphemism for marijuana, the devil's lettuce. Yeah. So, How many euphemisms can you think of? I think you guys, let's have you guys battle it out. Go back oh, and yeah. forth. Let's see who loses. <laughs> you know, you can't be in the cannabis industry without a pun cropping up like that every single yeah. sentence. I mean, it's impossible to avoid them. Yeah. The growing industry. I do cannabis all day. I mean, you know, you can like do <laughs> Being in the law firm for cannabis. Like, yeah, man, I'm just working with cannabis all day. Like, you must be really high. Like, no, not at all. I'm just actually... Working on working cannabis. No, it's, it's funny. Our, our history, we got into this about 13 years ago, which is before really any That's other. Like really early. I mean, within the, before, before it even became legal medical? Uh, no, it was when it became legal medical. Okay. And nice. in, in California, because that was the first state, right? In California, exactly. Um, we, just, we had a close personal friend that opened a couple of dispensaries and we would do his finance work and no other firms would touch it because of the illegality. So we were doing, you know, nothing huge, promissory notes and debt deals and that type mm -hmm. of thing. But word got around, we started doing more and more of it. And when cannabis went recreationally legal, we kind of took a look at the landscape and decided we'd like to be on the right side of history and right. just right in. Because, uh, you know, I think it was actually obvious for anybody paying attention that, you know, that that's the way it's going to be. Mm -hmm. When do you think that we're going to see, you know, the Philip Morrises and the other giants in tobacco industry make this, you know, when are they going to take over? Uh, uh, the day after prohibition ends, they, mm -hmm. you know, they're already making their inroads, making their plans and, and such. Making uh, their plans. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're planning their crops, I guess. 
no, it's it's an interesting thing, and nobody really can read the future. But you know, for the cultivators, we're predicting mass consolidation. You know, Conagra gets into it, Archer Daniels gets into it. Um, you know, we do a lot of work facilitating cannabis shipping globally. So, you know, we're representing some companies in Colombia and Mexico that are you know growing legally, and you know we can't ship out of the U.S. But you can ship out of Canada, you can ship out of Mexico, all that type of thing. So, so what, what happens to the homegrown, uh, you know, pun intended, the mom and pop shops? Craft beer. Um, my prediction is it turns into craft brewery style um, because they're not, they're not going to be able to handle the volume. Even the large grows that are here now wouldn't be able to handle the volume of, you know, a, a nationally legal uh, and popular uh, substance plus the the pharmaceutical aspect of it, which is again, a whole probably larger area. Really, mm. You know, I did a, I did a speech on this to the Kansas uh, Congress in mm. 1997 on, as I read the book by Jack Harar and it's like, you know, the 50,000 things you can make from the hemp plant. And oh, by the way, you can smoke it. The, the, you can smoke the flower. That's like not even including the medicine, medicinal mm. aspects of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can make a concrete hemp house for the most part made everything out of hemp except the electrical wire you can make painting you can make carpet you can make you know the prefabricated what you know the the walls you can make shingles you can make you can literally make a house except for the wire you can go to the grocery store and most you can go down the, you can go down to the grocery store and get a box of hemp nuts Right. And then that box could be made from hemp. The, the painting, you know, the ink, the, the glue sealant could be made from hemp. You could put it in your plastic bag made from your your case, your cart made from hemp. Go take it, pay for paper or plastic made from hemp. Put it in a paper or plastic bag made from hemp and everything could be recycled back into paper. But instead, we have these huge plastic gyres in the ocean, uh, non-biodegradable stuff. And when you look at it, it wasn't because marijuana was smokable. It was because you can make plastics from it. You can make fuel from it. You can make all these things. And all these powerful lobbyists in the 1930s sort of worked together, J.D. Anslinger and the whole sort of William Randolph Hearst. And they all came against it because you can make so many things out of it, so many patentable things that they could make with plastics and other things that they could make with him. If we had, in my personal opinion is if hemp had never been illegal and we had never been able to, it had never been prohibition, you know, never been prohibition on it, like we would not have nearly the pollution. We would not have had wars in the Middle East over oil because we could grow our own fuel. And like, when are we going to get to that point when people stop talking about the plant you could smoke and start using the plant for the 50,000 things that God intended it to be used for? Well, we're on our way. Uh, and the farm bill legalized hemp, so hemp can go over state lines, and as long as it's got a low enough THC content. But you know, obviously, you're absolutely right, uh, and unfortunately, you can't go go back to the future. I am picturing the bad crypto tiny hemp house contest, where you guys have a contest for who can build a tiny house out of out of hemp best. Dude, badass! I mean, hemp concrete, hempcrete is uh, is one of the strongest things. It only gets stronger over time. Like all of our roads should be made out of hempcrete. Like there's so many, like, that's what makes me passionate. Not the fact that people could smoke it. The fact that we've ignored all of these different things we could do with it over time that would just made society so much better and we wouldn't have had all this strife and pain and bullshit that we'd had to deal with because of all these other things. Lobbyists ruin a lot of things, I think. I, you know, I totally agree with Travis. We should be leveraging, um, you know, the hemp to 
to do all these things, these various industries. I'm curious, you know, uh, from a legal position, certainly, you know, prohibition with alcohol didn't work and alcohol is legal. And if you're a drinking age, you can imbibe. And, and we've seen what that does to society, right? The number of alcohol related deaths, whether self-imposed or whether because you're with somebody who's had too much to drink or you're a victim of drunk driving has had a profound impact right on our culture. And yet alcohol is, is legal, right? Um, I, I don't think weed is, you know, legalizing it. We're going to see that same level of no. uh, destructiveness, but what are some of the concerns that you do have? Well, I mean, you know, Travis already mentioned the black market. You, you can look back last year at Vapegate uh, and see that, you know, product that's made inexpensively can be tainted. And it's your it's your bathtub gin equivalent, if you will. Uh, and people died. Uh, and, you know, they, they did some science on it, figured it out. And it, it came down to the cartridges. It wasn't it wasn't the cannabis doing it. Mm. it yeah, those cartridges seem a little scary with that. It's got those weird... You know, yeah. glycopropylene or some shit in there, and it's just like that's not healthy for your lungs. No. So one of the, one of the things we're looking at is a real uh, frontier legal area is actually FDA designations and generally recognized as safe designations, um, because there's a lot of products that you know have medical claims or would like to be making medical claims that are you know hemp based and CBD based, uh, which you know the FDA's got to get a handle on that. It's, it's like the supplement market. They can't say that it's safe to say this can make you sleep. This kills inflammation. They, like you can't make those claims. Uh, so there'll be a lot of FDA. Mm, that is, this that helps is. you Netflix and chill. Can they put that on the label? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'd be perfect for Netflix and chill. Yeah. <laughs> Just sit anywhere and chill. It's really good for that. <laughs> chill. You know, and that is, there's different strains that sort of, you know, de depending on what's in it, yeah. it, impact you a different way. I don't really like Indica because that's the stuff that puts you to sleep. Yeah. I like this. I like this sativa, which makes your brain, which makes my, really gives me great ideas. Like, I don't do it all that often as much as I used to, yeah. but like maybe once a week now. And then whenever I do, man, the ideas, like, cause I've been working on all these different things and then like dots seem to get connected. So you know, what what are some of the ways then, you know, for cannabis companies and, and blockchain companies to work with Zuber Lawler? Oh, uh, sure. Um, well, you know, call me. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we actually also have a, a affiliated consulting company called Global Go. Uh, and if you have a, a cannabis uh, oriented company, um, we can come in and be extremely helpful in pretty much any respect, whether it's legal or whether it's business oriented or, you know, Rolodex oriented or product rollout oriented, whatever, whatever it is. I want to get back though, to the blockchain piece of it that you mentioned, because you actually just put your finger on a huge use case. You know, in the previous segment, uh, Josh, we had Josh in the city from PotCoin. A whole lot of Josh going on. <laughs> a whole lot of Josh going on. And so, you know, we've, we've heard about blockchain use cases and would love to hear your thoughts on that okay so there's you know there's really a lot of them we talked about supply chain but uh, one of them i wanted to speak to, to to travis's point about knowing what you're getting uh is actually uh strain verification uh mm -hmm. so there there are uh models right now where you know the strains are identified genetically uh and the the genomes can be stored off chain uh just like a human genome can uh, and then the pot can be linked 
to a QR code, for instance, that will allow you uh, to view via blockchain, so it's verifiable, auditable, all that, uh, that you're actually getting what you think you're getting, uh, or if it's a mix that you're getting, the, you know, the mix of things that you're getting. Um, and that's, that's a very exciting use case because I think that's going to put a lot of clarity uh, into the, the industry, really, and, and it's, a, it's a user-friendly use case. I mean, it's nice to know you can track down Listeria, uh, but you know, the seed-to-sale piece of it is not something that a consumer typically sees. But being able to verify what you're getting, that, that's a big deal. Well, yeah, hell, for a lot of people in the black market, just as I, as I said, just knowing the name of it is huge. You know, like you get so little information from it in the black market. You're just like, here, here, all right, and then we're good. So, craziness. Yeah, excellent. Well, Josh, we appreciate you coming on the website to reach out to him and the company is zuberlawler.com. It's spelled Z-U-B-E-R. Lawler, L-A-W-L-E-R, ZuberLawler.com. And of course, links to that, as well as all of the links in this very varied episode, uh, 420, are in our show notes at badco.in forward slash 420. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Travis. Always a pleasure. Take care, guys. Thank you, Josh, for your expertise. We appreciate that. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Ken Bosak earlier, Mr. Travis Wright, and we've been slowly revealing the um, blockchain heroes cards. And there's one that we revealed this week that may or may not have been inspired by Ken Bosak. His name is the Bitcoin bro. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And Bosak tweeted back, it should be Bitcoin bro, bro. And I'm like, yeah, well, we had that, but it didn't look as good. Yeah, but you didn't show up for the interview, so. Yeah, you didn't show up for the interview, so you can't get your name changed. You're only half a bro now. Yeah, <laughs> you're less of our bro because you didn't show to the show. You know, we recently mentioned the Crypto Newswire. They actually helped us put out the press release for Blockchain Heroes, which, by the way, is getting ton of coverage. And we'll talk more about that after this next interview. But Jonathan Keim is with the Crypto Newswire, also with Cannabis Newswire. And so he comes in contact with all kinds of communications coming from those in the cannabis space. Oh. And we Does he get a contact people. high when he gets in contact with you? I, I don't know. He might walk in the room with the cannabis <laughs> press release. buddy. And you're like, here's our press release. It's just like, whoa, man. <laughs> I'm here with hemp wire, man. Yeah. So let's go to it. <laughs> Cannabis is big business and just getting bigger. And no one knows that better than the communications director of the Investor Brand Network. His name is Jonathan Keim. And one of the brands that Investor Brand Network has is the Cannabis Newswire. They also have the 420 with CNW, Cannabis News Audio, Cannabis News Watch, Hemp Wire, CBD Wire. If anybody is plugged in to what's happening in the space, it's this guy. And Jonathan, welcome to Bad Crypto. Well, thank you so much. I'm also a big crypto enthusiast, so this is very exciting to me. Well, sure. Tying, you know, blockchain into all of this, which is, you know, what this show, um, this episode in particular was all about, uh, is really providing an avenue for cannabis enthusiasts that they haven't had before because, well, it's just not totally legal, is it? Not on a federal level. That does create some challenges. So tell us a little bit about Cannabis Newswire and what you guys do. For sure. So 
Cannabis Newswire is just one brand out of more than 45, and we just introduced Psychedelic Newswire, which also has some tie-ins in the cannabis space. Um, you can kind of think of it as the medical benefits of mushrooms. Uh, but focusing just on Cannabis Newswire, that brand officially launched early 2017, and we would have done it sooner, but our attorneys didn't want us to get involved until that point. Uh, but we had already built the underlying infrastructure and we had a whole long list of clients just waiting to come on board. And that's because we work with a lot of publicly traded companies. And if anybody was around in 2016, 2017, they know what the cannabis stocks did. Hey, man, did you say something about psychedelics? <laughs> yep. Wow. That was my question. No further, no further questions, Your Honor. All right. <laughs> that, that's good, Travis. You're a, a true journalist right today. So, so this is this is fascinating. So, what are some of the things that you're seeing, like connectivity between blockchain and cannabis? Is there some overlap that you guys are starting to starting to see? So, it's hard to know even where to start in terms of where things intersect. Um, Digital payment is, is a big one because federal banks don't want to deal with cannabis companies. And of course, when you have a decentralized payment infrastructure, it doesn't really matter who's sending it or for what reason, it just goes through. Uh, beyond that, there's a lot of crossover in the investment community. Both crypto and cannabis is very hot, exciting, new, uh, or at least it's new in some ways on the cannabis side. Um, it's always kind of funny how a lot of the business leaders have been doing cannabis all this time. It's just now they have a state legal business to run. State legal business to run. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's, that's really popping up now. We're really seeing, we've had, this is the third sort of segment that we've had on the show. One, we talked to the guys at Potcoin. Then we also talked to um, a, a top attorney with one of the largest cannabis law firms that works with most of the cannabis companies. And now you, and so it's it, it's great that uh, that you guys are working on so many different elements. So you guys, it sounds like it really taken over the PR sort of space, and really, uh, you know, working with a lot of publications. So maybe how many, you know, cannabis publications are you guys working with now? How many have popped up, and different influencers and content creators are there out there? And maybe what's it like to be a marijuana influencer? You get like free weed sent to you or something. <laughs> Well, um, there are definitely a lot of outlets out there. Those are a lot of questions. So um, let me know if I, if I missed any of them. But, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot that come and go. And that's common in the crypto realm as well. So, you know, there's some more similar similarities there. Um, but there's literally hundreds now. And as far as how many we're connected to, we have some that will automatically take whatever content we create. And then there are others that just like to hear about what our clients are doing and it's more of that traditional PR relationship, but people don't hire our company because we can send emails or make phone calls. Anybody can do that. We have mm -hmm. is um, really a complete package. We have our own writers and then we have our own audiences. So when someone hires us, it gets written the way they want it and it gets put out in the right places every time, not just through our brands, which you know we talked about just there at the beginning, but also 5,000 syndication partners. And of course, they're not all weed focused. Um, we've got Market Watch, USA Today, Apple News, and we just got on some more syndication networks uh, by getting into video. 
Uh, we'll be on Apple TV here soon, but we just got approved for Amazon Fire TV and a bunch of other what they call OTT platforms. Hmm. All the places. I'm looking at the latest press releases. Uh, you know, timestamp this interview was on June 19th. And just today, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine companies that put out releases through you. So you guys are definitely, you know, you've carved out a niche. For sure. In, uh, well, the best part market. is even with, say, our cannabis brands, and we also have cryptocurrency wire and crypto news audio. And, you know, I can go on. We've got all these different brands that bring in these different people, but a lot of times there's overlaps. So what I was saying earlier about investors liking to be in cannabis because it's new and exciting and, you know, crypto has those same elements going on. Um, we can cross market these brands and, you know, build a bigger community. Plus we work with a lot of event partners and you're no stranger to that since we work together on Virtual Blockchain Week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not a, a big stock investor, uh, but I decided last year to dabble a little bit in some pot stocks. And okay. the worst, <laughs> I, my timing was horrible. <laughs> I, I, got, I got absolutely crushed. I mean, I think I'm down like 60, 70 percent. Oh, man, you're supposed to get stock, high, so. not down, bro. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, no, man, I'm I'm down. I, I, I must have indicated my stocks because I'm in the couch. <laughs> well, I, I mean, nice. I, I, I'm not a forecaster and certainly not an analyst, but I do see a lot of growth for cannabis still. People just got a little bit too excited too quickly. You know, these things take time. You saw some growth <laughs> in the cannabis? Well, that's great. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, I caught that. Right. Nice. Uh, nice. There's so many puns in uh, in the weed arena. It's just uh, and it looks like uh, are you guys tied into this expo, the CBD expo that's coming up in Atlanta in February? Yes. Yeah, so that'll be our second uh, foray with the team. And for those that aren't familiar with them, they just completely blew the doors off in Miami. And you know, we get approached by various brands all the time about events. I actually didn't even know about this one until after the fact, but of course we heard about it. And so I reached out to them, showed what we were doing with NCAI uh, Business Expo. Uh, there's a few others like CWCB, which is kind of a national series. They go from uh, state to state, not all the states, but, you know, some of the the main areas of the country and then NECAN being another example, but um, we started working with them right before COVID hit. Uh, we started with a small deal and, you know, I was always gunning for the big deal because this was definitely where it was at and we were getting more and more CBD clients. And once they saw what we could do with just a small partnership, they wanted to know what else we could do. So we gave them everything. And in exchange, we got aisle signs, stage uh, branding and a bunch of other things, but that's definitely my favorite within the CBD space. So if anybody's interested, that would be one to check out. Excellent. Mr. Travis Wright, have you any further questions for John? You know, I just say, hey, you guys, since you guys are doing PR for a whole lot of different cannabis companies, if they ever need like a product tester sampler person, <laughs> I mean, I'll raise my hand. We won't break your hand. We'll keep it in mind. Vacuum seal this. It is cannabisnewswire.com. See the stories and more about this part of uh, of the investors brand network. And Jonathan, thanks for uh, for joining us and sharing your story. 
Not a problem. Big pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Two dudes talking crypto. Two dudes talking crypto. Joel and Travis are just two dudes talking crypto. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. Fascinating information. Yeah, they're doing some. They're doing some uh, some really good stuff there in the cannabis space and getting the word out. Now, I've compiled a bunch of additional news and resources. I figured that we might cover, but then we ended up getting so much great content. The show's really long as it is. But if you're interested, blockchain for cannabis. Uruguay is harnessing blockchain potential for cannabis production. These articles are at, in the show notes at badco.in forward slash four twenty. I got six use cases for blockchain and cannabis there. There's a company called Strain Secure that's doing seed to sale on the blockchain for, for tracking of the cannabis. Also, there's a conversation around cannabis 3.0 and blockchain and AI and uh, pretty fascinating stuff. And, and another article about how blockchain is going to totally disrupt the cannabis market. So if you are interested in all of that stuff right there, uh, there are some additional pieces of information for you to educate yourself. All at badco.in forward slash 420. So there you go, Mr. Travis, right? I hope that was satisfying. You know, I used to smoke weed. Um, I don't anymore. I got through college. Basically, I started smoking weed um, senior year, the summer, you know, right after I graduated, I think is when well, I Right after you graduated college or high school? No, after I graduated high school. All right. Um, so it was very illegal. Uh, living in Illinois. And um, and then I smoked all the way through college, barely graduated because um, I didn't go to a whole lot of classes. Mm. <laughs> I did become a DJ, though. I think that was the best thing to come out of uh, college for me. And then about a year after college, I decided, you know, I, I, I don't like the way this makes me feel anymore. Mm -hmm. So I, I quit. Um, tried it a couple times. Again, since then, it's different. Uh, you know, tried edibles once, and 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 I'm like, you know what? It's just not for me anymore. But I have absolutely no problem with those who uh, who want to imbibe. I'm like, uh, smoke if you got them. Yeah, I used to smoke marijuana. I still do, but I used to too. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about blockchain heroes because this thing is blowing up. Our Telegram is blowing up. Um, new sites are writing about us. We've now been in Cointelegraph three times. We've been on Decrypt.co, and uh, my understand I've been interviewed for some other um, sites, and we might have uh, articles popping up in some other places here shortly talking about this card set. I, I don't think people were expecting the quality that is being brought to this. Yeah, I don't I don't think they did. And because, you know, when we were first talking about it, people were like, oh, you're just picking up on what garbage pill kids were doing. But actually, you know, we talked about this in our last Nifty show. We had the idea for this back in like Feb, like in uh, January or February. And we were going to call it Blockchain Buddies. And we described it as kind of like garbage pail kids were going to be. Mm -hmm. And then like five days later, garbage pail comes out with an announcement with tops and wax. So we were ahead of the game a little bit, but then we put on virtual blockchain week, kind of set this back on the back burner and uh, busted it out now. And the, really the key thing is, is we got some great, great artists. I think that was just one of the, the, uh, the, the byproducts of this unfortunate quarantine was that there's so many amazing artists out there that were out of work and we found five just amazing ones and put them to work. And they just, they came out with thunder, man. They've already, yeah. we've already got about 35 cards 
that have been processed by the artist. There's like 15 more to go. My son and I are doing the final touches on the Photoshop to get the other variations done. There's a total of 188 cards that are complete right now, Joel. That's fantastic. And really, it's turned into a family effort. Your son has really adopted um, the Photoshop and the skills. You know, mm-hmm. You've taught him well. Uh, you've taught your young Padawan well, and you know we couldn't do it without him. My son has helped to shape the uh, the names and the characteristics, yeah. you know, of who these heroes are, and we'll be writing the text that goes on the back of these cards. And could have uh, done it with either one without either one of our kids. How great is no, that? No, I think it's fantastic. And, and my son was uh, up until six a.m. last night chugging out, uh, working on the epic sketch animations. So we got all caught up. All. Th- 35 33 35 of those are all caught up. i was like dude you're, he's like i got them all done i was like no dude 6 a.m what well those of you who uh registered for the commemorative nft we've never done an airdrop on wax before but we do have the list and i am talking to somebody to try to get that done by the coming weekend so those will end up in your wax wallet um and there's some other surprises in fact one of them we can announce right now, Mr. Travis Wright. Mm-hmm. We're happy to partner with CoinGecko.com. Yes. There's a uh, one of the heroes is inspired by Bobby Ong. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, we don't release you know who they are, but this one is so obvious, and because we're partnering with them, we don't have a problem saying that the name of the hero is Great Gecko, and he uh, he's able to climb walls and, and has other. Uh, powers in the blockchain world, they have launched a loyalty program on CoinGecko called CoinGecko Candies. And basically, it's free to set up an account on CoinGecko. And when you log in each day, subsequent days, you have to make sure you log in every day, either on mobile or your desktop, you earn candies. So the first day you log in, you can go and claim 10 candies. You log in tomorrow, you can claim 20, the next day, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, each day in a row, you can claim these candies. And then these candies are redeemable for certain goods and products and things. Yep. I actually just redeemed mine right now. And I don't know if the full process works yet because it didn't ask for my address or my wax thing anywhere. It just said, view it and uh, or use now. Oh, here it is. How to use. Paste this code into the store's website. Oh, you just grab the code and paste it in there and there you go. Okay. That works out pretty good. Yeah. So these cards are really awesome. These are these are cards that are not part of the set. These are just an extra bonus promotional card. Mm-hmm that uh, are going to be very collectible as well. These these could actually become more rare than some of our rarity levels, depending on how many people pick these up. Right. So it's available for a limited time. And if you'll go to CoinGecko.com in the upper right corner, you'll see a little candy jar. Can't miss it. It's right next They're to They're delicious, the by the way. I love their digital person. deliciousness. Collect your candies. And then if you'll click on rewards, you'll see they've got, let's see, for 500 candies, you can get $10 off CoinGecko swag. For 300 candies, 15% off Kobo products. For 600 candies, how to DeFi. It's a book from CoinGecko. But our uh, NFT, this limited edition Great Gecko card uh, with the CoinGecko logo on it is available for just 10 candies. So you guys out there uh, listening to the show, fans of Bad Cryptopia, go to CoinGecko, claim your first 10 candies, and then just go claim the card with it. It's a, it's a great entry point for learning how to use candies, and you're going to get an NFT that I think could be pretty rare. Yeah, very fun stuff. 
And there are going to be some more surprises along the way that we're going to be doing and other partnerships as we get close to the launch date of, uh, of this project, which has been very fun. Actually, we're going to be doing a panel on with uh, Coin Genius. They have their quarterly uh, genius intelligence uh, conference that's going on. You guys should check that out. It's coming up this week, later on this week. I think it's on Thursday. But we're going to be having a panel with uh, like the VP of digital for Tops. It's going to be on the panel with us. So we're going to be talking some really cool stuff with NFTs. Make sure you go check that out. Go to coingenius.ai. Look for the uh, the intelligence summit or whatever it's called, and um, and uh, it's, I believe it's cheap, right? It's fifteen. Wait, it's like it's like ten bucks or fifteen bucks. I guess you get a discount if you use the code Bad Crypto Fifty. There's a code for you to use, and uh, you can get the half price. Yep. So be there. We'll be there. It's going to be great fun. We appreciate you all listening. Bad news coming up uh, Friday night. That episode will be released in partnership with our friends at Coin Telegraph, who may also be working on a special promotional mm. rare limited edition card mm. for blockchain heroes. And also tune into the Nifty Show. More and more of you are tuning in. Travis, I've secured our guest for for this week. Would you like to know who he is? Mm. Who is the guest for this week? So we referenced this in an earlier show. Uh, Bullion X ah. is is the uh, the name of um, the project, and they are basically um, NFTifying actual gold, right? So you're you're buying gold on blockchain, but it is represented by an NFT. And so Jesse Johnson, the creator of bullionix.io is going to be joining us on the Nifty Show. Of course, you can catch us on all of the places we live stream, but we really recommend that you join us on decentralized live streaming at Theta um, TV. And the URL is nifty.show forward slash Theta, five o'clock Eastern time, two o'clock Pacific time. It'll be Niffy, Spiffy and yeah i think also uh what we might want to do for a future one is get one get one or both of the cock fosters who have a nifty gateway we get a griffin or duncan cock foster and then we can see how many times we can say their last name during the during or just the- laugh as we say it <laughs> now, <laughs> how great is it to have a name that people chuckle every time you hear your last name cock right i mean right no i'm not laughing, yeah, laughing. Calm. It's like no. I wonder, like cock holster. It's like a little different. <laughs> so you might. Travis, <laughs> you should just go smoke up again. Uh, I'm going to tell the citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia that we love you. Thanks for listening. Please do be sure to share, subscribe, review the show, and uh, stay. Bad
Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Amen. Amen. Hey, what? You got the stuff? Uh, what? I, got, I got the keef. You got the, you got the who? I got the crazy weed. <laughs> Daga. Devil's lettuce, man. Wacky the backy. <laughs> got the Tex Mex Mary Jane, the Jive Jolly Green Joe Smoke. Got the Indian Hemp Hooch, Holy Weed. Got a spliff, got a stash, got a blunt, got some skunk. What you need? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got no catnip, so don't be asking for that.